Welcome to the Flicky Podcast, where even good films get bad reviews. I am the host of the Flicky Podcast, and my name is Chris, and I am joined with the star. He is evergreen, and his name is Mr. John. How are you doing? I'm good, dude. I am great. You're great? Yeah, yeah, doing great. All right. I have off today, so. I have a, I have a question to ruin your level of greatness. Sure. I love that. I, I love getting I'm gonna end knocked it right down now. a peg. Get listen, listen. It's been a good month for you. Gotta we gotta humble you a little bit. Yeah. Did uh <laughs> Liverpool already lose the EPL? Yeah. <laughs> Ain't looking good. <laughs> yeah. Uh could be worse though. You could be man united. Oh, we could we're playing them next week. Yeah, I saw that. We're playing them next week. Uh yeah, it's pretty bad. I mean, listen, we knew we'd uh it, it's two games. My brother's already saying if we don't win next game, we're going to lose the season. It's such a long season. Yeah. We were out, out to the wire last year, and we were down 14 points mm-hmm. like a, with a few months left. I forget what month. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, Man City's just a juggernaut, so yeah. we're going to be fighting from behind the whole season. We'll see. Yeah. Listen, we we had a tough match. We didn't come on until the second half. We were down to 10 men yesterday because one of our best players had a stupid red card. A new player. Darwin Nunez and... Yeah we still almost could have stolen that game. I mean, it's two ties, so yeah, it is what it is. It is what it is. It's yeah. It's, it's not always... harp on it too much. Okay. I won't harp on it. Uh, just cause on. I don't know how many people listening are interested, but yes, I am a giant Liverpool fan and Liverpool's <laughs> not off to a great start. <laughs> we're all, we're also like, we have a lot of injuries right now. Like five of our starters are out. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, cause I knew they were doing pretty well in the preseason stuff. We were doing great and yeah. we beat Man City and community shield, but yeah, not that if you don't want soccer, you don't know who these guys are, but like Jordan Henderson was hurt. He came on late. Mm-hmm. Uh, three of our central defenders are hurt. The two starters were hurt. Tiago's hurt. Bobby Firmino's hurt. Jota's hurt. Oh, uh, who are all extremely talented and very powerful offensive players. Um, so it is what it is. You move forward. I'm, I'm an optimist when it comes to those things all with right. that team. I think they'll figure it out. They probably will. But uh, yeah, that that did dampen the mood a little yesterday. So I'm, I'm better today, though. You're better today. Okay, that's good. Uh, so this week we are doing 1989's Field of Dreams. The one and only. Uh, it was nominated for three Oscars, I believe. Uh, one of them being the big, the big best, best picture. Um, remember we ended. We what ended, else was it nominated for? I didn't even replay. And what else? That I will all have to check Actor? out Wikipedia. No, no, because remember we talked about 1989 being a stacked yes. last episode? Yeah, Kevin Costner's not on that. There's no, no, I was that. thinking supporting actor. No goddamn way in hell, Kevin Costner. We'll go into that later. Dude, he's the least of... Uh, let's not jump into it yet, but keep going. Uh, yeah, so uh, it was nominated for, at least for Best Screenplay and uh-huh. uh, Best Picture. And it made, I think, $65 million. Uh, so it was a modest hit. Yeah, I mean, um, it was the budget at the time. I thought I looked it up, but it was like fifteen million. Yeah, yeah, not bad. Fifteen um, million listed before we go into the and movie. it made eighty five, eighty five, eighty four point four. Um, I, so what I think, uh, even before we go into the movie itself, I would like to go into the pre production because I actually find that interesting about this movie. Oh, cool! I don't know about that. There's a couple so. of things that I okay. I also, think, it, it was it, it was nominated. Up, yeah, go ahead. It was nominated for best original score. Best picture, okay. best original so score, Warner. best screenplay. Those are three random awards to throw together, I feel like. Yeah. Uh, well, screenplay. Screenplay. Coral. Uh, who did this? It was James Warner, right? Oh, the, uh, the, the music, the score? Let's yeah. check. Supposedly he did that on a 
a, a wing and a prayer. Really? Yeah, it was James Horner. Okay, yeah, he wasn't the original uh, composer. Oh, James Horner died? Yeah. Did he die of cancer? I have no idea. Oh, my God, his his aircraft crashed. Oh, God. His turbopop so aircraft. You, was it a small plane? He was driving it. He was flying it, yeah. Oh God, small planes. That's why man. I hate small planes. Scare the Too shit many out celebrities of me. have died on small planes, Scare man. Scare the shit I out of me. Cannot do. I will. I will never do a private he, plane. He did the Braveheart score, right? Oh, I think so. Uh, that's one of my favorite scores. That's an underrated score. Because him and I thought him and Mel were f- friends. If I'm make, I don't know if I'm making that up. Because he also did Aliens. Yeah, that's what he got famous for. No. Yeah, I think so. He did uh, Titanic. Yeah. He did Avatar. Field of Dreams, Aliens, Honey, I Shrunk, Braveheart. There we go. Mask of Zorro, The Amazing Spider-Man, uh, okay. Beautiful Mind. Okay. Beautiful Mind had a good score, I remember. Okay. Oh, man, that yeah, really Bra- sucks. Braveheart's that's how he died. He was so young, dude. He was only 61. Yeah, it's not, that's not old at all. Damn. Okay. Small planes. No good. Never going Really on starting them. this podcast off on a happy note. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So before we go into Field of Dreams, there are a little potpourri I wanted to talk to you about, if you okay. allow me. Yeah, um, please. Let's first start just just a cinematic potpourri. A cinematic and a couple other and a TV, a couple other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So did you? I wanted to bring this up because uh, I forgot it. The two podcasts we did with Top Gun. Okay. So in after Top Gun came out in 1986. Hmm. Recruitment for naval air pilots went up 500%. (laughs) I I can see that. And that tells you the power of movies. Yes. And I just find that. This is why the military and G-men will be found scattered throughout the entire uh, entertainment industry. That's an obscene (laughs) raise. In, like, oh, candidates. that's funny, dude. It's fucking nuts. That's crazy. 500%? 500%. So if you were getting 10,000 candidates, let's let's be really modest, 1,000 candidates a year, you're jumping from 1,000 to 50,000, right? Uh, no, because 100% of 1,000 would be 1,000. Yeah, so, so, so 500% is 50 times. No, no, five times? It's five times. Oh. Okay, so from ten thousand to fifty thousand. Yeah. Okay, I'm wrong. That, that would be five thousand percent. Yeah, that would be five thousand percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why you're do right. I feel like I'm doubting myself now? No, no, no. Because because I sound confident when I say things, and uh, sometimes I'm wrong. Uh, no, because a hundred percent is double. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. Ooh, I just did bad math on, in public. It's okay. Five hundred percent. Five hundred percent. That's still huge. It's enormous. It's enormous. So I I just wanted to put that out there because I think it's a funny little tidbit about the original Top Gun. And I wouldn't be surprised if something similar, not 500%, but I expect it to tick up next year for that kind of stuff. Yeah, I imagine imagine that's gone up for a lot of great war films. I bet Saving Private Ryan, the military recruitment shot up that year. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And a few others, obviously. But uh, yeah. I bet after Zero Dark Thirty came out, fucking CIA applications went yeah. up. Because yeah. <laughs> that movie, as propaganda, I mean, that fucking whole thing is CIA propaganda, basically, probably. Yeah. But, I mean, it is. They are the sources. Yeah, the they're the sources for their own heroism. Yeah. Uh, but it's a kick-ass film, man. That's a great movie. It's a great that's movie. Close, that's a close, that movie's close to a masterpiece. Yeah, it, it, no, it is. It's, it's, really it's Captain good. Bigelow's best film yeah. by a it's long shot, than, and it's an excellent film. It's better than Hurt Locker, I agree. Yeah. Um, also, uh, HBO Max is doing. Oh, 
uh, a bunch of layoffs. So oh yeah, that. yeah, because they're getting rid of like their entire reality show division because the merger <laughs> with Discovery Plus, Discovery owns TLC and all that shit. So it's only reality shows. So why would they why would they merge with them if they're if they don't well, not interested in the reality shows? Bought it. It, it's that kind of merge. So, oh yeah, wow okay. So that's why a lot of people. So Discovery is getting rid of their reality shows. Is getting rid of HBO's reality shows. Yeah, and well, whatever is HBO Max. So basically, Bravo is going to have the monopoly on reality shows. Bravo and MTV, essentially. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, so yeah, but a bunch of people lost their jobs because of that, and supposedly they're looking at getting uh, uh, completely, which this should happen, and I feel bad saying that because it's people's jobs, but like they're looking to like axe a bunch of people from DC, which probably makes uh-huh. sense and you know they're thinking about like axing other movies uh, yeah so the companies are expanding while uh streamlining their uh yeah their employee employment yeah. just don't just don't fuck up hbo max that's yeah. all i'm asking they, for. Will. they um, will um a couple other things just you know we'll do this quickly uh, did you see sandman no, I haven't watched yet. I don't know if I will. So if people don't know, he's talk- you're talking about Sandman on Netflix, which is based on the Neil Gaiman uh, comic book series, which I love. Yes. I, I know you I know you read it. Yes. I didn't uh, read it. Loved it. It's excellent. Yeah. Um, I'll wait till more. I hear more about it. He was personally involved it. with it. He's personally involved which with is, all his shows, which though. is better than like he was know, personally whatever. involved with American Gods or her American Gods is just OK. Uh, he wasn't per, uh, and I've read American Gods I like mm-hmm. the book uh, you know um, he was personally involved with Good Omens which I didn't read but mm-hmm. I loved but I've talked to people who didn't like it at all okay um, I like Coraline Coraline he's involved I mean he's he's Coraline was he's pretty much creatively involved with a lot of his stuff Good Omens he was like the showrunner or the co-showrunner so okay. Good Omens he had a huge part in okay because uh, he wanted to make sure he did it right because uh, he so people don't know he wrote co- good omens with terry pratchett who died um and but sandman is his uh it's completely his creation yeah and it's considered his masterpiece really yeah think about uh it. certainly his comic book masterpiece because he yeah. wrote a lot of comic books uh and i'm a neil Ga- i always root for neil gaiman because he started as a comic book writer and i just uh and transitioned into novels um and he's just wildly successful and uh but that's really where he uh, mm-hmm. made his bones first was in comics um it's getting good reviews i saw the first two episodes yeah, you can't trust reviews though you know yeah. what i mean anymore i saw the first two re- uh two episodes i'll when i finish it i'll give you a better i'm gonna reserve complete you know because there's so much more that goes into it uh-huh um it's a little slow, but a lot of show new shows start off slow, so I don't want to be too harsh. The on comic it. is slow enough. I mean, it's not you know, it's a lot of world building. You have to you don't know yeah. these characters, so the yeah. comic uh, has to uh, really jump into that and, and develop them with you. Yeah, uh, you know, I think it's that's, pretty that's more difficult. To, that's more difficult to translate, I guess, on screen without making it boring. I don't know. Yeah, um, I mean, Tom Sturridge seems like he's uh-huh. good for the part. Yeah. Uh, I also like his voice. You know, there's a lot of guys out there in Hollywood now, a lot of actors who just don't have, like, uh, distinctive voices, and he yeah. has one. So, and I also, I like Boyd Holbrook. Yeah? How is he? I do. I, I've seen him in... He's great in I, I saw a few episodes of Narcos. I didn't really watch the show. I watched, like, two episodes. I didn't, I didn't, he didn't really do anything for me, but he was really good in Logan. I don't think I've, I'm trying to think what else I've seen him in. Yeah, I mean, 
there's something about him I just like. I can't explain it too much, but yeah, I like him. But like I said, uh, I'll give once I finish it, you know, I'll give my uh, thing, my review of it. Yeah. Um, have you seen Better Call Saul? Because I haven't seen it, but I, I know seen the, it. I know I've the heard finale. Things. I know the finale was yesterday. There's just so many shows. I just finished yeah. rewatching Mad Men. We talked about that. Um, yeah. Excellence, one of my favorite shows ever. Uh, just watched Blackbird on Apple TV. I haven't seen. I haven't seen any of the Apple TV stuff, man. Well, it's a miniseries with uh, Hauser and uh, Taron Egerton. Okay. Based on a true story about a, like a potential serial killer. Okay. Um, it was the acting was really good. I thought it was all right. Mm-hmm. People okay. loved it, but. Uh, yeah, we, we could do a whole show on that, so let's not get too into it. But because uh, okay. I had a lot to say, but uh, yeah, I'm not a, not a biggest fan. I'm gonna catch Better Call Saul when the final season's on Netflix, and what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna do a Better Call Saul watch and then rewatch Breaking Bad. Yeah, do you know That's if Better doing. Call Saul is it prequel the whole time or does no. it eventually? It's it's prequel and sequel at the same time. That's cool. It's kind of like Godfather Part Two if you think about it. Right. Okay. So that that's interesting. Um, I heard it's like a legitimately great show. Oh yeah, I mean the reviews. The, I don't. I think the lowest thing it ever got, and I don't know anyone who doesn't not like this show. Yeah, uh, I think the lowest rating was like season three, and it got a ninety-seven percent on <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For the season, which is obscene. Everything right. else is a ninety-nine. It's just nuts. Um, two more things. Uh, did you read the article that George R. R. Martin said he doesn't know when he's going to finish Game of Thrones now? No, and I don't care. I couldn't <laughs> care less. No, I just wanted to bring it up because I know you get upset about it a little bit. He's just a loser. Yeah, he is. He's a loser. He's a fat, stupid, <laughs> weird, perverted loser. Okay. How do you not finish your own shit? He's never going to finish it. No one no. cares anymore. Does anyone no. care anymore? Not really. I think we'll get an answer when the prequel show comes on. If it's a hit, then we'll, I think we'll have an idea, I guess. I guess. But talk about just purposely stubbing your toe. Yeah. This guy is just... He's just lazy. He just yeah. There are theories as to why, too. Like, he wanted to, you know, uh, that Game of Thrones was an answer to, like, the anti-token yeah. hero story. And he wanted to, like... And you could see it with... with uh, if you even if you just watch, so I haven't read the books. So if you just watch the show, how I dark have, it is and how you kill off you kill off his favorite characters and like you think they're gonna be the hero and he just wipes them out. And basically, it's supposed to show this harsh reality of the world that we mm-hmm. live in. Um, and I think he wanted to end that way, but he doesn't know how. Um, and basically, I I don't know. Uh, like their theories were like basically his he 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 refuses to go with the hero trope and victory you know that the the hero eventually triumphs trope but he doesn't know otherwise how to end it without making it extremely bleak and pessimistic he doesn't want to do that uh so i don't know i don't care no i i what's gonna happen they're gonna gonna go my whole life never he's gonna die ever watching another someone's gonna edit his manuscript product of it yeah sure but he already uh, we already kind of know how it ends because he told the creators of Game of Thrones, how it's supposed to end, they just rushed that ending. That's exa- I thought they Which went a- their own way with that ending. That's what I thought. Oh, from what I understood, he told them. Uh, I'm just going to spoil it. So if you don't, if you haven't watched Game of Thrones, I I, just yeah. skip ahead like, a, shit. a minute. Uh, but he told them that Khaleesi is going to is supposed to turn. Okay, she is supposed to turn and go evil. 
but he wanted them to do it over like two seasons, yeah. not over three episodes. And yeah. they're like, no, no, we want to get the fuck out of here. Yeah, because we want to um, do Star Wars and yeah. we want to do but our Confederate States of America show. Exactly, which failed and Star yeah. Wars, which failed because yeah. um, they they're hacks. Uh, uh, so, yeah, apparently he told them. He gave them like an outline, like a brief outline, like I want this to end this way. So they went their own way with certain things. Mm-hmm. But the overall arc of Khaleesi uh, apparently does break that way. It's okay. supposed to break that way. So maybe he'll change it because he hasn't wrote the fucking book. No. So he can change it whenever he wants. He's lying when he says he's, uh, he's editing it. No, he's not. Yeah, my ass. He didn't write it. No one cares. I mean, he's just a narcissist. <laughs> he seems like kind of a narcissist to me where like he just oh, wants shit. to find, an, uh, you know, oh, shit, people aren't paying attention to me. I'll give an interview saying I'm in the process of writing it. So mm-hmm. I don't give a shit. I never really cared. I, you know, I, just uh, think it's I watched now. the show because it was a good show until it wasn't. Yeah. You know. Accurate statement. Hundred percent accurate. One of the biggest, I mean, let's. I, one of the biggest failures in television history is that show. That show oh, and yeah. is so bad in the last two seasons. Certainly the last season, but the last the three last seasons two, really. But the, the last, last two, two seasons are terrible. Are so bad. There's like glim- There's like glimpses of really good f- actual filmmaking. Well, like they, within the episode. Well, that's but like part, it's, this is part of why it's such terrible. A, this part of why it's such a failure is that uh, they had all the talent in the world. Yeah. Like just the cinematography the alone, the money, uh, the backing, the fan base. I mean, they could have done yeah. whatever they wanted. Uh-huh. And the first, you know, four seasons, certainly the three, the first four to five seasons are so good. Mm-hmm. But the last few are so terrible that you can't recommend the show to anybody. No. And if you recommend because you're doing them a disservice because anybody who's going to start watching the show is going to finish the show. Yeah, because the first four are so good, and they're gonna be like, no, maybe it's not that bad. I, I, you become addicted to the show, and then you keep watching, and it's just horrendous. Yeah, it just it falls off the cliff after the. I would say, really storyline wise, the the battle in the north with the uh, king, the which with the uh, night king. Oh, I mean, it was bad before that, but that was horrendous. But the last, like, I would say the last good episode, I mean, the story was already going off, has already gone off the cliff, but the Battle of the Bastards is actually a good episode. The Battle of the Bastards and, and the episode the after where the son kills himself. Yeah. Those are the two best episodes. Are Like, those are two gems in those last few seasons. Yeah. Among the best episodes of the entire show. Yeah, but it doesn't, when you watch it within the... Thing, oh, with the context. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And part of that is those two episodes were, had, were... Oh, greatly directed it was oh, a great yeah. director yeah. who barely directed the show like he just came in for things here and there and those two episodes are excellent mm-hmm. um the night king episode ruins the show almost in and of itself oh in the last season that last season that whole battle oh i wasn't even talking about that battle i was talking the one where they're actually beyond the wall where oh but even up. how they got there was all uh, let's oh yeah it. oh it, yeah it, I, the show is just i mean it's a it's that's, a, but that's when it really starts it's a shakespearean tragedy oh yeah the 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 failure of that show yeah i mean just horrendous it's one for the it it would have it could have gone yeah. down in history as one of the greatest shows ever and instead it's going to go down in history of one of the greatest television failures ever if not the greatest television failure of all time that yeah. show yeah and it won in the emmy for its final season yeah of if course they just gave shit. it away Never, all the actors it hated it. It didn't. Too. It didn't win at all before, I think. Right, and then it won for its final season. Yeah, which, which they is, do a lot of for TV shows. Yeah, I mean, by far, <laughs> horrendous, horrendous. Anyway, let's go into a failure of a TV series into a, I believe, somewhat of a failure of a movie, uh-huh. and that is Field of Dreams. 
Field of So dreams. how do you want to start this? Do you want to go with uh, positives or just um, want to go into the pre-production before we go into the movie? Go like into I the said? pre-production. I'm, I'm like the audience. I don't know the story behind this, so this will be fun. Okay, so I'll do it as a guessing game. Who do you think they originally offered the role of uh, Kinsella to, to be the star of this movie? Kinsella, the wife? No, no, the, the uh, man. Kevin Costner's character. Oh, I don't, I'm, last ne- name is I'm terrible with names. Yeah. Uh, who just so happens to be the last name of the author who wrote the book, Shoeless Joe. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, people don't know this is based on a book, a magical realism book called Shoeless Joe. Yes. Um, who do they offer to play Kevin Costner's part? This is yes. 1989. Yes. I don't. And he's supposed to be in his 30s. Uh-huh. Um, Which I have a problem with, but okay, go. William Hurt? I don't know. Uh, they offered it to Tom Hanks. Ooh, I was my next guess would have been Tom Cruise, so I got the Tom right. Tom Tom really? Hanks would have been a lot better in this movie. Okay. And who do you think was the original uh, Moonlight Graham before he it, turned before, it down? Be, before before Burt Lancaster. And Burt Lancaster's terrible in this movie. He's terrible. He's, He's bad. terrible in this film. He's really bad. Uh, so it's going to be an older actor. I don't know. Was Gregory Peck alive at the time? He, he was alive. He would have been good. He was alive. Uh, but no. mm, I don't know. Tell me. Jimmy Stewart. Ah, and they show Stewart in the film. Yes. With Harvey. Okay, with Harvey. Jimmy Stewart would have been really good. Okay. It would Small have been, part, but yeah. He would have, I think, n- nailed it with... He would have been better than Burt Lancaster. Sure. Even at that age. He would have given a, a different kind of gravitas that I think was needed. Burt Lancaster tried to do in this movie that I found. He tried to do like that wise old man, wise old man, gleaming eye, shtick, and it failed with me. Yeah, really failed. And they and he's he probably other than uh, the speech that James Earl Jones has, um, he probably has the best dialogue to work with, and he still fumbled it. Yeah. No, he was not good. He has good dialogue because one thing about this movie, the dialogue is atrocious. Mm-hmm. Really bad. Um, I think this whole movie's bad. I think this movie's boomer trash. Boomer trash? Yeah. Okay. Uh, maybe I, I'm too hard on the boomer sometimes, but it just feels like the only reason we even talk about this film today is because of its nostalgia. Oh, sure. And the nostalgia it created at the time and the nostalgia now people have from watching it from 89. Sure. Yeah, I was I was I was pretty shocked at how bad this movie was. Oh, it's it sucks. It's not a good movie. Um, It's terrible. It's it sucks as a screenplay, too. So. There's things I have, like I said, uh, in the podcast before in the last episode, um, the idiom of you can make a bad movie out of a good script but you can't make a good movie out of a bad script. I actually think the the story itself, at least with its themes and what they're trying to get to from A to B to C to D, is pretty good. But I like the idea, but at the end of the day... This has a lot of good ideas. Yeah, but... It's, not, it's every, executed poorly, though. Every, it's constant deus ex machinas coming up in order to progress the story to me there's no cause and effect here whatsoever he hears a voice 
Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so much to talk about, but let's just talk about the right. Here's a voice, <laughs> just makes the baseball field. The ghosts show up. They see it. Here's another voice. Goes over here. Here's another voice. Goes over there. Here's another. It's and episodic. It's just, yeah, but it, one doesn't lead to the other. No. Like, how do we solve the problem of him meeting Terrence Mann? Uh, he hears a voice that tells him where to go. How do we solve the problem of Terrence Mann going with him to Iowa and watch the baseball? Uh, he hears a voice and go. How yeah. do we solve the problem of uh, no one else being able to see the baseball di- uh, players, ghosts, uh, so he doesn't sell the farm or whatever? Uh, he just sees them. Magic. I, yes. I mean, literally, the answer every time is magic. Magic. Well, how do we get there? Magic. Yes. Let Let's forget the fact that they just we, we don't live in the real world over here. Forget the magical realism. Yeah. But we're supposed to believe, especially when he first hears the voice. Everyone thinks he's crazy for two seconds, um, <laughs> and his wife thinks he's crazy and makes fun of him. Mm-hmm. But when he when the ghosts show up, everyone his wife just buys it. They just buy it. There's no, mm-hmm. uh, there's no realization of holy crap, this is insane. It's like they're playing an improv game, like the yes and, like oh yeah, they're ghosts now. Okay, let's move on. Like I thought this story was about the fact that these people live in the real world, like we do, and all these ghosts show up, and it's supposed to be this incre- amazing thing, like in every sense of the word. Well, they try to convey that. I mean, sort of. <laughs> but they just like, oh, yeah, that's Shoeless Joe. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, r- right, honey? I'm right. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Not just some weirdo in the cornfield. Yeah, what are we going to do now? Oh, okay. How do you know that Shoeless Joe? Yeah. I, okay, that's it. Um, so, I don't know. I, I just, I, I, I seem, I picked up pretty quickly that, okay, yeah, we're just going to get magical instructions and we're just going to move from A to B to C to D and then the movie's going to end. And that's yeah. what happened. Yes. Um, let's start with, unless you don't think there's anything good with this, let's start no, with no, not, something I, good. What, what we think is good. I think, I thought the, the beginning was cool. Like, and he's going through the cornfield, he's hearing the voice, uh-huh. makes the baseball field. It's just, we're kind of rushing it. He goes and oh, makes this, the baseball this movie field. This goes no, by real quick. There's no friction yeah. between him making the baseball field and going on to the next step. I think the, I think a major flaw in this movie is that we don't really find out what the major, major theme is until 70 minutes into the movie when uh, Kinsella is driving Terrence Mann to Iowa to show the, the baseball field. When, uh-huh. when Then it's really about his father and him. Well, yeah, They try to show that in the beginning, and I get it. They and then did, we forget about it. They don't talk about it at all yeah. until at that point. And then, oh, this is what this movie is really about, and it's going to end in 25 minutes. So we got to do this quick. Right. Well, this so, is exactly what I thought when the father showed up and he plays catch with his father. Yeah. I'm like, oh, this is about him reconciling with his father? That's what the whole baseball field's about? And, like, yeah. build it, they will come, and use his pain is about his dad? Uh, e- um, okay. easing, uh, easing his pain is about him. Oh, right. Easing, yeah, his own pain. E- easing his own pain about his relationship with his father. Correct. Yeah, I didn't get that at all. We, we, we drop the father thing. Yeah. And to make it about him. It should and have then been his father out. shows up at the end. That's what I'm saying. There's good ideas and themes in this movie. We yeah. all have regrets about something, right? So we all can identify that. We can, we all wish, you know, I, I really wish I did this with this person better. 
uh, had a better relationship. Sure. Whatever. Some of us, you know, and especially with men, and especially in that time period, 1989, you always played catch with your dad. Right. So that, you know, that uh, you identify with that yeah. very strongly. And this guy grew up in the 60s and 70s where... Yes. You know... So it's about... A, it's about... It's about generations uh, accepting one another. And it's also about... It's yeah, a, it's, it is. Is it? <laughs> that's what... On, that's what they're trying to do. I, that's what they're trying sort to do. Of. That's what they're trying. I agree with you. That's what they're trying to do. I, that's what I'm saying. It's a good movie about ideas that aren't executed well. And the, I think another thing about it is that, what it, and they don't show this really at all. They could have done it so much better. Is that Kinsella is constantly harping on that my father was an old man, and never cetera, did what he wanted to do. Never, he never had any optimism. He never had any spontaneity. He never had any like life to him. And we're supposed to get through before they have the catch. We're spoiler alert about the movie. Yeah, we're um, gonna spoil this film. Yeah, I don't care. It's fucking thirty three years old, so as old as I am. Yeah. Um it, he he sees that his dad had hopes and had dreams and had optimism and he was a wide eyed young guy. But you know what? You're gonna blame your father for having you at fifty something years old? Because if you do the math, he had him when he was like in his fifties. Yeah. So like when he's well, he kind of mentions that, right? Like his father had him when he was older. Yeah. No, but he says, he says in the in the beginning of the movie when he's like laying on the ground before he's about to make the, the the baseball field with his wife, who is the worst actress in this movie. I was she about, is worse than him. She's horrible. She's awful. She is uh, fucking horrible. Yep. Yeah, well, I, she I'm, almost we'll, single handedly sinks this film. We'll go into it. We'll go into it. She anyway. He says to her like, by the time my dad was uh, my age, he was an old man. Bro, you weren't even a thought in his mind yet. You're right. supposed to be 36. He doesn't have you until 50-something. <laughs> That's true, actually. Yeah. He never saw my granddaughter. No shit. He's fucking 90. Right. So 1918 to 1989, when this movie was made, 71 years. He was already a young – he's be in his 90s. Right. The math is wonky in this yeah, movie. Yeah, because they had to use they had to use the 1990 Jewish... World, 19 World Series, and yeah. they had to set it in present day. Okay, so how is about... Is Joe set in present day? I don't know. I never read the book. Uh, you know what? You looked it up. No, no, no. You can look it up. I'll look it up. I'll look it up. I mean, they should have changed, the, they should have changed the, the timeline here a little bit because it's... I have an old father. Yeah. You know, my father had... Well, the novel came out in 82. Okay. Uh, I don't know. So that yeah, makes well, even then it doesn't. He's still in his eighties. Yeah. I mean, and, and the writer he he chose was J.D. Salinger, by the way. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna I was gonna talk about that when we went up to Terrence Mann. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So Terrence, uh, James, for anyone who's listening, Terrence Mann is James Earl Jones in the movie. And originally a in the book, up famous writer. Yeah, originally it was J.D. Salinger in the book, but J.D. Salinger said, "If you use me in this book, I'm suing the shit out of you guys." So they had to change it, and essentially, oh, really? yeah, <laughs> classic Salinger. <laughs> essentially, he becomes J.D. Salinger and like James Baldwin, in a right? Way. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. that's what they kind of did with that character. Um, but yeah, it's just the it, it's just way too old, and I'm coming from like I said, my dad was 47 when he had my sister. Yeah, he he's still several years younger than Kinsella, the senior. Right. It doesn't make sense. I think that's the least of this movie's problems. It's a problem. That though. is a problem for sure. It's a major problem. It's a major problem because he makes it. 
Yeah, he was an old man when he had. But you. also, yes, like, correct. It doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> to me, it didn't stress enough the importance of his relationship with his father. No, they just go over if it anything, in a montage in the beginning. Yeah, and the that's mo- it. But everything about his plight in the present day, to me, is about him trying to find meaning in his life. It's not about trying. It, it, it almost like even the way way he was speaking. Because my father wasn't spontaneous, whatever, and I'm turning into my father. Yes. I don't want to turn into my father. I want to be my own man. Yeah. And I want to live my own life and find my own meaning and do something special for myself. Yes. They are trying. And it seems like it's his relationship with himself and his own current family. So when they bring the father back at the end, mm-hmm. um, that's uh, like you said, I'm like, oh, that's what it, this is about. Okay, I guess. Yeah. Playing catch with your dad, that's what solved everything? This film desperately wanted to be a modern day. It's a wonderful life. They right. said it all when it was in, when it was being passed around in Hollywood, and it was a huge script in Hollywood. It was Kevin Co- Yeah, Kevin Costner personally like went out of his way to make this movie once he like got the role. Like he right. moved heaven and earth to make this because he was like, and he I think he pretty much said openly like this is the modern day. It's a wonderful life. Uh, yes, it's just. Nowhere near as good no. on on any level. <laughs> <laughs> Least of it. Let's let's talk about the acting before we go into the plot itself. Listen, well, let's we went into the themes. Let's let's say Costner gets shit on obviously as an actor. He deserves it for this movie. I I guess uh, it's the bigotry of low expectations <laughs> uh, because I've seen him be worse. He's worse in Waterworld. He's worse in Robin Hood. Yes, he's just. W- He's not good in this, and the scenes where he's like whining and arguing are really stupid. Oof. Like he, they're just bad, but they're also poorly written scenes. Yes, like the dialogue is also him being kind of a whiny bitch. You'd really need an adept, really competent actor to be like, "Hmm, how am I going to find a way to do this without him being like this super needed annoying?" A, this needed a dialogue polish. Yes, for sure. Everyone so talks. Even James Earl, James like Earl Jones is the best one part of this movie and he does a, a I thought really Ray good Liotta's job. really good in it too oh there was I did not like Ray Liotta I actually I, okay we'll just I liked Ray Liotta in this dude I uh, I liked him listen he doesn't talk that much but there's one part I actually wrote it down <laughs> where he goes uh, and I'm like this is the this this clip this flash was what got him the part in of Go-Tals. Henry Hill yeah where he goes, yeah, we invited Ty Cobb, but we told him that he's an asshole, so we told him to stick it. <laughs> That's what got him? No, do, do you remember that part? Yeah. He starts just cackling. It's yeah. so weird and cringy. It's such bad acting, but he, he, he fucking yeah. laughs like a Goomba. <laughs> it's exactly how he laughs in Goodfellas. And I'm like, this is what got him the part. Like, he came off as such a, like, a, a Goomba dickhead. See, I liked him. And I just think... I liked how he... The looks he gave all the time. There was like a menace so to him. So I... I, I he's not supposed to have menace. That I felt like he did. You, you think Shoeless Joe Jackson in this film is supposed to be menacing? Yes. I I felt like he was... Per, I think he was meant to give a sense of like what is going on here, that there's a sense of danger. Yeah, I do. Oh, I did not think... I thought it was... I think the direction he got was... To be for it to give a sense of enigma, like really be eg- enigmatic, like almost we can't get close to you because you're not really a person. Oh, you're yeah, like he has this, like dead eyes in the movie. Um, yeah, you're like this amalgam of, of like th- this or this in between place of person and spirit. Mm-hmm. That's where I th- I think part of it is the direction. I think a lot of these people were steered Badly wrong. Directed. 
I think a lot of the, written and directed by the fu- same. So guy. this is what I'm saying. When I anytime I see a show or a movie where pretty much everybody's bad in it, yeah, uh, this is to me either a writing problem, a directing problem, or a combination of both. Well, in this case, we and can this has, say it's one guy. This has it's one guy who wrote a bad fucking Phil movie. Alden Robinson. Oh, yeah, who wrote and directed it. Uh, I think he steered a lot of these people the wrong way because nobody, even James Earl Jones, who's I think uh, a mega talent as an actor, he's the best part and he does a good job of what he is. But even he, he comes off as awkward sometimes because the dialogue is so fucking awkward. Yeah. So I don't want to blame Ray Liotta. I I just thought like even the, he's pretty good. The, I really do. The actor, I didn't think he was terrible. I just didn't like him in it. <laughs> Uh, like even the act, the kid who plays uh, the young Archie Graham, who the actor's been in a bunch of stuff. I can't remember his name, and he's a good actor too. And Frank he, Whaley, Frank Whaley, I thought he was awkward in it too, and he's a good actor. Yeah. So, I don't know. Uh, listen, the wife is next level terrible, awful. The way she reacts, it's not it's really bad. It's not at all. Uh. It just doesn't. She doesn't make sense. And she's not a person. She doesn't make sense. She she has no seemingly appropriate reaction to anything that goes on. No. At any point in the film. No. Oh yeah, I'm hearing voices. Ha ha. What they say? Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. it's all so casual. Yeah. Like, are you in a sitcom? The worst is at the very well. The worst yeah. scene is the scene with the hardcore, vehement racist. At the school board meeting or whatever it was. Oh, this movie would be considered woke propaganda today. Oh, it is woke propaganda. Yeah, it's liberal <laughs> 70s free love propaganda bullshit. But it and it reminds me of like the Bill Burr joke where he's like, you watch these racist films and they're so outwardly racist. The mongrelization of racism. Yeah, the mongrelization. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and Bill Burr, like he's got that joke where he's like, He's like, real racists don't talk like that. They look around first. Like, you know what I mean? They, they you know. To be honest, to be fair and honest, though, this is Iowa, and it sure Dude, as hell 19, ain't heaven. I, I understand that, but 1989 at a school board meeting, the mongrelization of races. No, like that's, that's David Duke vehement, stuff. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah. Like, yeah, so, like just be more subtle with it so it's believable. I, I can yeah. believe that the, that the, there's a racist white woman uh, wanting to take away books oh, yeah. that are a yeah. little too liberal for her or whatever. Yeah. But and even the way the wife acts was like she's completely self righteous. She also would have never have won. She would have never have won that argument. No. <laughs> and she's like, oh yeah, you should have been there in the '60s. It was great. No one there agrees with you. No. Nobody. No one from that from Iowa from. Uh, Podunk, Iowa, Iowa went to Berkeley. The, yeah, no one gives a shit. You're <laughs> stupid. You're the only person who went back to Iowa for exactly. God knows what reason. Get out of our town, liberal city, self righteous trash. But why? She's like the type of character. Like why? Why are they in Iowa? Yeah, those I, are I don't the know. type of people that would not be in yeah, Iowa. Well, that's another thing that feels incongruent. Why are you here? I you grew up there. You don't but even like all those people. A you're lot of these even, people leave. You're not even good at running a farm. I, I don't understand. You seem that she's like it's like you have contempt for these people. Yeah. He's from he's a New Yorker. She's from Iowa who hates which uh, to be fair, I don't think I blame her. I wouldn't want to fucking live in Iowa. Sorry, people who are listening from Iowa. And yeah, but went why to is Berkeley. she there though? Like, exactly. Like you're com- like you're coming to the school. Like you're uh, this is this if, is the town you moved when into. We're, when we're going through the montage of exposition to uh, to give us the rest of the movie, they could have just said, uh, you know, uh, what's her character's name? Is it Anne? 
I don't know. I Let don't me look. Shit. Uh, it's uh, she uh, Annie. Yeah, Annie. Okay. Uh, uh, Annie's dad is uh, dying, Ray so we had to go home. Right. <laughs> you know, just say something like that, because there's. It makes no sense why no, they're but there. Because the movie wants to have its cake and eat it too. It wants to be the liberal Hollywood propaganda while still also appeasing to small town folks in middle America. Oh yeah. So they don't. They don't want to find a reason why. Like they don't want to let the audience know. Hey, no, listen. They... This, these characters hate Iowa. By the way, no, no, no. Iowa's nice or whatever. But like, yeah. clearly, it's not for her. <laughs> no, it's but not for him either. But the way she acts in the scene, she comes off like a self-righteous, self-important, petulant child. Her arguments aren't even good. So neither is hers, though. Free- no, the neither one, of them. The, not- the other woman just goes trying to strength the straw man. Yeah, exactly. No, no, no. They're both man. idiots, yeah. like for sure. And then she comes out and she's like, yeah, it's like she won a boxing match. She's acting like a like a kid, like a five-year-old. That's the thing. This woman's supposed to be like 36. I'm supposed to. I'm going to guess she's the exact peer of. Yeah, like, yeah. She, she is acting like. Like you said, a six-year-old. She doesn't act her like daughter. A her daughter acts more mature than her. Not only that, there's so many <laughs> weird, awful reactions. So I, I even wrote it down. So first off, she just she he hears voices and she just belittles him. She's like, huh, yeah. What else did they say? Which is a dialogue problem. It's not her fault. Yeah. And then the, the only line that made sense she, was, "Are you having an acid flashback?" I could actually right. buy yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but Shoeless Joe Jackson shows up. Yeah. Both her and Costner and. Part of it, again, this is obviously directing because the director didn't tell them, hey, act like you just saw a ghost. Yeah. And the voice you heard in your they head. They acted like they expected Joe exactly. to be there. And she literally just goes, I'll put the coffee on. Yeah. That's her reaction. Bitch, this is the craziest thing that's ever happened to you in your life by yeah. a fucking long shot. Yeah. If I saw shoeless Joe Jackson from 1919 <laughs> show up in front of me. <laughs> I would shit my pants. Oh, yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah. And this is not the actor's fault because clearly she's not getting directed to do this. It's not yeah. like she's like, I'm just going to act like I, this is casual. Like yeah. This happens all the time. <laughs> and then there's lines later where he goes, hey, listen, I got a voice. The voice is now telling me to go to Boston and get Terrence Mann yeah. to go see a game at Fenway Park. And yeah. she goes, that's nuttier than creating the baseball field. No, it's not. No, it's not. Absolutely not. Not even not. close. Absolutely not. Nope. Terrence Mann's alive. Yep. He's in Boston. That makes people sense. try to see him. Yeah, he's a he makes it clear writer. when you see him. He's also and also another thing. You're his favorite. He's her favorite writer of all yeah. time. When he comes and meets her, she just shakes his hands like, "Hey, nice yeah. to meet you." That's it. The worst part of her acting when the daughter <laughs> falls off the bleachers. Oh, uh, can we talk about that? I want to talk. I want. I wanted to talk about that afterward, like later when we're about the end of the movie. But we'll talk about it now. Dude, she acts like the jaded school nurse. Bro. How that's like? Halt. Is she breathing? Also, how that's. Also, how, that's, how filmed? that's filmed. Oh, the edit is awful. <laughs> and how you just see, like, the body just fall. It just falls. <laughs> just pop, plops. Just plops. plops. Yo, what I I audibly laughed out loud when that happened. Because I'm like, they're trying to do uh, Bonnie Blue from fucking Gone with the Wind. <laughs> no, but I know she ain't going to die. Right, yeah. This is not that type of movie. No, it's not that movie. They're not going to kill the dog. But, like, how she just falls like a lump of fucking potatoes yeah. on the ground. And how does the mom screams at the like doesn't yeah. scream at the top of lunch she's like oh yeah she breathing yeah i'm gonna go call a doctor and how it happened too with the uncle fucking like jostling her and jostling Costner and comes and, and like she just she literally guys she just falls dude it's and like it wasn't even high that it's like that part of the script was missing yeah and they're like we need a we need a a way to increase the dramatic tension for what 10 seconds yeah uh let's have them tussle and have the daughter fall to the ground let's just film it real quick. i it's also like improvise i also feel like they forgot to film her falling 
And that was like the last shot of like the day. And they just didn't have it. And we're like, yeah, we're like, oh man, we got to get it. We got to get it. Uh, let's just point the camera at her falling from this weird angle. We see the right. sky and that's, that's going to well, be, they didn't want to figure out how to do this. No more coverage. Yeah. No more coverage. Oh my God. That was the worst. <laughs> this, I mean, she, she's awful. Absolutely awful. Do you, and do you and she gets this? saved right away. Yeah, she just right it, it's not even important in the film. No. It's not important at all. It leads to nothing other than fucking we see Burt Lancaster again. Right. And he does his fucking twinkle in his eye bullshit. Yeah. It's the excuse I mean that's why it happens, right? Of so course. it's the excuse for Burt Lancaster's younger so Archie Graham, the young Archie Graham to come help her cuz he's a doctor and yeah. he doesn't even do anything. He taps her back. You're a good. You're a good rook. Yeah. Oh my good, god. Good job, Moonshine or whatever his name was. <sighs> Moonshine. I don't know. I don't know. It's so stupid. <laughs> it's so bad. That's Burt Lancaster. I'm Lan- watching this like, what is going on Bro, here? that's Burt Lancaster's final film role. In is it really? That legendary career of that man. It's his last film role because he fucking got a stroke. I mean, it's such, later. it's really self-conscious. Like, I have to, I'm the wise old man. Can you yeah. see how wise I am? How much I'm a good guy. I, I am. Yeah, how kind I am. Yeah. How great I am. Sir, he's you, playing an idea. You're Elmer a, Gentry. You're Burt yeah. Lancaster. You're fucking the biggest guy on the. You're 80 something years old, and you still could probably whip everyone's ass yeah. on you set. Look great. You look great. It's huge for his age. Yeah, dude. It's. It, it, I mean, that was horrendous. Uh, you know, even the stakes in the movie were like, and it's so. What are the awkward. stakes in this movie? He's what gonna are lose the, the farm. Yeah, but. And no one still, cares. No one gives a shit. Even even like his wife Annie, and this is what this is some of her real bad acting. She uh, the character, and it's not also like you. I agree with you. It's also the writing. And the, the character oscillates between not giving a shit at all that the family's gonna fucking lose the farm and where the fuck are they gonna live, and uh, like caring a couple of scenes. Yeah, sort of caring. Yeah, sort of caring. Yeah, she doesn't really care. No. It, again, it's like confused. But it's the like acting the act- is so flat. It's it's flatter than pissing well, a plate. They don't. They and again, this this has to be on the director too. They didn't want to make a commitment of whether or not she cares. Yeah. Because honestly, the screenplay doesn't support her enough to care. Because if she really cares, mm-hmm. and it's really important, you're going to need some blow up scene where they get into it, and they never do. Yeah. In the next scene, she's supporting him. Yeah. So how much can she care? Yeah. The script informs us. That she doesn't really care. So why make her care at all? Just have her on Costner's side from the yeah. beginning and make the tension or the friction, the the conflict rather, mm-hmm. about the brother trying to sell him, get him to sell the farm so he doesn't foreclose. Good conflict always comes when the antagonist and the and the protagonist, whatever whatever the antagonist is, it could be a force, it could be a yeah, person, exactly, it doesn't person, matter, entity, whatever, doesn't matter if they if they were equal. And there right. is just no equal antagonist. The you never buy the brother as like this foil. No, you never. And, and the it, brother's just screaming yeah. the whole time too. He sucks too. Oh yeah, he was. He it was. I was like, I felt like I was watching like a really shitty Richard Dreyfus. Yeah, movie. he didn't look like Richard Dreyfus. Yeah, like it was just bad. And I just. And then, like, who was that? Is his wife in that first scene with his I, mom? Uh, yeah, I don't know. That was weird. And the mom is like, kind of a bitch. Well, to be, I actually like that scene. That was the most realistic part of the film. The most realistic part of the whole movie, probably, but is where they're like, "Do still. you guys not see the the players behind you?" And they're yeah. like, "That's mean." 
yeah. you're, you're being mean. Stop, stop being an asshole. You're like, oh yeah, that's that's the most human part of this whole film to me. Where I'm like, yeah, I think I would just be like, they're cracking up. Well, no, I don't they, think I would say they're mean. I would be like, they fucking went off the deep well, end here. I I took it as like they want an excuse. They, they don't know why they made the baseball field. It's like, oh, you don't see the guys playing. It's like stop making fun of us. Oh, okay, because you made a baseball field okay. that there are people playing on it, and that's yeah. why you made it. That's how I took it. Okay, do you know what I mean? Okay. Uh, if they were now, if the acting okay. was a little more aggressive, where Costner's like, "You guys don't see them," yeah, and and it's clear to them like he's not fucking around. That's the thing; he never like tries to back up what he's seeing. He's just like, "Yeah, I see it. Uh, go fuck yourself, guys." Right? I don't care what and you guys do. And they never do. question why no one else sees it. No, it's not. Con- it's not confusing. They're not trying to figure it out. It's uh, they're the chosen ones. I, I yeah, I don't it's know chosen one shit. You think so? Well, not not in a, not in a religious well, no, sense, but it reminds me of like that scene in in uh, in Hook, where Robin Williams he can't Rob, Robin uh, Peter Pan can't see the food; it's all oh, empty. Yeah, yeah. And that, as soon as he uh, that's a great scene. Yeah, it's a great scene. It, as soon as he buys into the imagination, yes. then it becomes real. Yeah. that's how I took it because eventually the brother also sees them. He only saw it when Burt Lancaster's young character came in, and then he became old Graham. Right. That's the only time he saw it. Because I guess the ghost no, and, but then, then, and then as soon as we can't go over the foul line, but then he can go over the foul line to I guess show oh, that guess he's still the a ghost doctor. Is able to, and the ghost comes in his vision. Yeah, I don't know. Um, Which is a little also, bit of wonky. Not only is it wonky, then the brother's reaction to the players yeah. is not one of shock. Oh no, it's he should have shot his pants. It's a cheap. They they make it into a cheap joke where yes. he goes, uh, "Ray, you can't sell this for him." Yeah, and that was it. Yeah, and that was it. And then his Can wife, anybody, and his wife's reaction is, Any- "I'll get you a cold beer." Yes. <laughs> oh my god! Anybody have an appropriate reaction <laughs> to a group of ghosts playing baseball? Famous ghosts in front of you. Famous ghosts from 1919. Can anybody? Can I live vicariously through any of you? Not no. one, dude. No, not one. It's really bad. I can't. I can't disagree it with sucks. anything you're saying. It's it sucks so much. I'll, I'll tell you the yeah. my favorite part. My favorite interaction was two seconds, which I thought was really actually genuinely funny. Was when because uh, it was also made sense. It was believable. Where he says to the brother, he goes, "Hey, this is Terrence Mann," mm-hmm. and the brother goes, "Hey, how you doing? I'm the Tooth Fairy," or whatever yeah. he said. And Terrence Mann starts laughing. James Earl Jones starts laughing. I thought that yeah. part was great because the guy. That's actually. That's actually them acknowledging the absurdity of the situation. Like, oh, you're yeah. the most reclusive writer in the country, and yeah. you're sitting on these bleachers right now. How you doing? I'm Santa Claus. Yeah. Uh, so that I liked. <laughs> that was an appropriate reaction. But the 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 there's no appropriate reaction to anything that's going on here. It, so no. I get this. Like, I'm not watching my world with normal people inside mm-hmm. reacting how any other normal person would in this situation. No. Because we have to move along here, and we don't really have time to, uh, I guess, take in what's going on and make it about the fact that these are ghosts. They just, ex- again, it's like improv. Yes, and. Yeah. They're just yes, anding it. Oh, sure, Shoeless Jackson's there. I'm going to make you coffee. Oh, more showed up. Oh, you got more voices. Of course. Oh, we both had the same dream, and you have to go to Fenway, and then you both got a sign there, too. Yeah. Okay, now we're going back to Iowa. None of this is like this happens all the time. Ghosts just exist in this world all the time. Yeah, I saw. A ghost. I've been hanging out with ghosts for years. Yeah, we all do that, right? Yeah. Like it's like it's a fucking walk in the park. Yeah. So the underlying, the major major theme. Oh, you know, there's a lot of themes going on, but I guess the major theme of this, when it comes to every single character, 
uh-huh. is that to you must confront your past to move forward in your life. So Shoeless Joe and the White Sox have get have to play baseball yes. again so they can <clears throat> finally move on. Uh, Terrence Mann, uh, I guess, plays baseball with them. Well, we don't know, but he he. I took it. He, so this is interesting. When he invites Terrence Mann, that's the most interesting part of the movie. Yeah, I took it as like, oh, is Terrence Mann gonna die? See, I don't. I don't think, are they bringing him to heaven because he's gonna pass? I don't think he dies, but but they, shot, he mentions I know writing of, an article about think them, that. right? A lot of people think that. That's what I thought. It was his time to go, yeah. which also is, uh, leads directly to one of the worst some of the worst uh, dialogue in the film is when Kevin Costner is like, I made it. I got invited. Yeah. Why aren't I invited? Why aren't I invited? I'm like, yeah. what is going on? Right? Ray Liotta just stares at him. He's like, cause you're not invited. <laughs> but like, why is he whining like a little bitch? Clearly it means <laughs> yeah. something else. Like Terrence Mann has a certain, like you've already accepted yes. up until the point of this movie that we, all of you have a different purpose yeah. as to why this is happening. And your purpose isn't to just go with them. Why do you want to go? Do you want to go see heaven? That sounds scary. Actually. I don't. Why? I'm not even buying that he necessarily wants to go in the cornfield with them. You want to go with all the ghosts? Yeah. Where they disappear? Yeah. Why? And also, like Terrence Mann's like, bro, you have a family. Yeah. You can't. Like, so that's I mean, why I took it as uh, Terrence Mann's not going to come back because he goes, you have a family to take care of. Like, that's not your purpose. But then he mentions like writing an article about like he's going to write book? about that. I took it as a book it. again. He was going to. He was. He was going to end being a recluse and write again as write be a novelist again because he's yeah. going to go through this experience. Yeah, it could be that. So maybe he's not dying and like that. Yeah, that's not his purpose. Your purpose was to build the field and bring us on and play with us. Uh, your purpose yeah. is not to go in the cornfield with us. And what will wind up happening is you will be confronting. Not in a negative way, but you will be confronting your feelings with your father, and that's what will allow you to move on with right. your life. Yeah, you can't come with us because your father's about to show yes. up. Yeah, whatever. Exactly. Uh, also, uh, in terms of the foreclosure. <laughs> yeah. No, that was just dropped. That okay. was dropped. I was about well, to say. Well, that's because like, it, we end with the – spoiler alert. We end with everyone coming. I guess they're just going to buy it. That's what I'm saying. How, how are you going to monetize so, this? Yeah. So, There's no ticket booth. Not only that, they're going to watch the ghosts play or uh-huh. they're just going to play. Are they just going to look around and be like, wow, there's a baseball field in a cornfield? I, yeah, because that's what that's what the daughter who gets like this prophetic, essentially, yeah. vision or this prophetic information. Yeah, yeah. Of, it's, oh, they're going to come. Magic happens. Which, which actually that that tracks well enough because everybody's beginning messages throughout the whole film. So yeah. she gets a message too. Sure. That actually makes sense. I'm not even being funny. But... <laughs> What is it? Twenty dollars? Where now everybody's gonna watch the ghosts play, which will make this the most famous story in the world. Yeah. Uh, I I don't know. Like the movie just wants to s- sort of just tell you without explaining they'll how okay. they'll be okay. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm like, no, they're not. They're gonna lose this house. I hope they lose it. <laughs> He's. By the way, I hope they lose it. I have no sympathy for these people. You deserve to lose it. You're not a farmer. You know, and I just feel like. It shouldn't have been the brother-in-law to be the one that, like, if you're going to go full, if you're going to be doing modern, it's a wonderful life, make Mr. Potter. Yeah, I don't, you know, it's make because a cold-hearted they banker. didn't want to make it too much. They wanted someone sort of on his side because they didn't want to, it's almost like they didn't want to worry the audience too much. Doesn't work. Like, oh, he's not, he's he's his brother, so he's going to try to take That's care of him. That's why Mr. Like, Potter well, works. Well, then there's no conflict. 
Exactly. That's why Mr. Potter works. It's his brother-in-law. He's going to help him. Not only that, Mr. Potter actually kind of wins at the end of It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah. He gets away with what Well, that's kind of the point, right? Yeah. It's not about the money. And the rich guy's miserable. The rich people will find a way to win, usually. Yeah, it's but he's like you know he's emotionally and spiritually empty and all that shit. Um, Yeah, so yeah, it's a major problem because there are no stakes. I'm not really worried about him losing the house. Frankly, personally, I don't care if he does, and I don't know if anyone else does too. It's not like it's this amazing moneymaker anyway. You might be better off losing the house. Go move out of Iowa and get a real job somewhere. You literally tell us you're not a good farmer, and he hates it, and he doesn't like it. Yeah. (laughs) So why are you here? There could be a blessing in disguise. You should sell it. The brother's right. And two, again, there's no cause and effect because anytime they hit a a a, a, a bump in the road, yeah. he just gets another message. Yeah. So the one, I don't, I, what I really didn't like, I thought, like we said, there's a lot of clunky things in this. Uh-huh. Incorporating the Terrence Mann character doesn't really make. I don't know why that happens to me. I don't know why Terrence Mann's in the film. I don't know why it was as important. It was important he brought him there. They had no connection to each other. He was just some he recluse writer who with... loved baseball. No, but he had something to do with his father. What? I think Ray's father is in an article with him. I have to rewatch it. Oh, I... that it's a very mm. tertiary. Yeah, he knew his father, right? I There's think something he says, in... "Why didn't you tell me?" He's, there's something in an old article, I believe. See, it's written in the plot while we're talking. But it's maybe I missed still, that. Still, it still feels very forced. It's still, it's still, it's still a tenuous connection. I'm sorry. Yeah. And then we have to go on, then go to Minneapolis to see uh, Doctor Graham. Well, yeah, that happens before all this. No, that happens after Terrence Mann. Because remember. He goes no, to, no, no. Before, oh, sorry. I meant before the end. We're talking about the brother and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, after yeah, Terrence yeah. Mann, correct? He yeah. goes with Terrence Mann to find to, to find Graham. Graham, who we find out is dead already. Yes. And but like, why? Why would he all of a sudden? No, the connection between Mann and uh, the father is. Remember, he says after reading one of Mann's books, that's when he stopped playing catch with them. But he wouldn't know that. He tells that to Terrence Mann. I know, but you wouldn't know that before, so why is he there? Well, he goes and gets him. It's bad. No, 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 it's bad. No, no, no. And that whole scene where he gets him is terrible, too. Because he refuses to tell him what he saw and, and, and to be... And, like, he's just, like... Like, at one point, he goes, tell me what you saw. And he goes, oh, it's a long story. Yeah. Tell him. Yeah. Tell him the crazy story. Yeah. He might want to hear it. Because yeah. he deals but with crazy people Even the, the magic is inconsistent. And, Whatever. Oh, the magic at Fenway. That whole Fenway Park thing was weird to me. When yeah, they Fenway, see the sign and then leave. They see the sign. Yeah. Why'd they have to give you the sign at Fenway? Why not just give you the, a voice saying? Or why did Terrence Mann pretend he didn't see it for a while? I, I don't know. Just to have the aha moment, the eureka moment that, that oh, it, yes, I actually did see it. Yes, that's why. It's for the audience. Oof. Oh, he heard it. But maybe he... You know, and it would have made sense to me if Terrence Mann had a response like, well, I don't want to do this shit. I wanted to ignore the voice and I want to just go home. Yeah. Now that would make sense. But he doesn't even say that. Hey, I don't know. I, just, I didn't want to tell you. We're going to Minneapolis. Yeah. And so. How did he know they were in Minneapolis or right away? He knew that right away. Did he? I don't remember. I, I, I couldn't. I knew it right yeah. away for a guy who played half an inning who never even got a 
chance to all oh, right yeah they all knew, they knew who, who knew who moonlight graham was i think yeah. it was i think it was implied that he was written about him because he knows baseball okay i don't know why even moonlight graham is famous but he is actually i mean he has a fucking wikipedia page yeah um but then you know they go to the hotel room <laughs> they find out he's dead they're in the motel room and kevin costner just walks out into 1971 yeah and that's how he sees the godfather yeah yes yeah the godfather sign well that's how he finds yeah. moonlight grand that's why yeah. that's how that's they explain it. he's alive because he's still alive in 1971 correct correct uh so we can just walk into other worlds now yes and again no real reaction <laughs> no just accepts it yes and it can you imagine it's an improv scene can you imagine yes, if and. you were walking in bay terrace right you're about to go to the movie theater all of a sudden you're walking and it turns into 1971 bay terrace movie theater i would start crying <laughs> i mean i would be like am i going insane What's yeah going i would, I would think i would, I would have start, a mental break i would start having a panic attack yeah be like what's going on right now is this real no, I, and he, I would he just really sees, need to be comforted. He just sees the old man who's three inches taller than him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's him. Look it around. That, that's got to be Moonlight Graham. He's the only old fucker here. Yeah. Let me talk to that cocksucker. How you doing, bro? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh, listen, I got to go to the wife. Yeah. You yeah. know, I went. He's like, yep, I became a doctor. I love it. Uh, you know, I'm not going to baseball with you. All right, let's leave. And then his ghost shows up again on the side of the road. Yeah. Which also doesn't freak them out. That, and also, I mean, at that, that point, it's not going to freak them that out really, anymore, I guess. That really didn't make sense either, that all of a sudden they it's picked magic. up. It's magic. Of course it makes sense. This is what I'm saying. This is the problem <laughs> with the screenplay. It's magic. You can always make it make sense. And because you don't have consistent rules to the magic, you can just throw magic at it. So yeah. any time there was a problem or any time they wanted to reveal or they wanted to surprise the audience and move the story forward, you just throw magic at it. Yeah. Imagine there was it's you're in a movie and the guy can't defeat the bad guy or figure something out or needs money or whatever and uh, a magical thing happens mm-hmm. and a briefcase shows up or I'm giving a super weapon or the ghost fight for me or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's what this movie was. Yeah, it's just magic solves it. And is there magic. any conflict from any? Is your does your wife believe it? Yes. Oh, she sees it too. She's completely fine with it. I'm completely fine with it. My daughter's completely fine with it. I get people on my side, and they're fine with it. I, you know, <laughs> where's the where's the tension? Where's yeah, the no, conflict? Where's the that's stakes? That's the problem with this movie. There's no tension. There's no drama. It's just shit happening. Shit it's just happening. Magic happening. It's just magic. We find out, three... and we don't even see normal people react to it because they don't react like normal people. Yeah, and then we so find I out. I can't even enjoy watching it through the eyes of someone who would react appropriately if this was happening to them in real life. Yeah. Even even the ending catch is awkward. Yeah, when you're you're supposed to feel a certain way in the music. The music's actually pretty good for the scene. It's it, it gets you what you're supposed to feel, but like yeah, that's, that's I would manipulation. Oh, of course. Uh I would I just don't think a lot of guys would react that way if they're catching with throwing a ball with their dead dad i would break down crying yeah if my dead father came back to life and a younger version of him yeah i would break who, down sobbing who they are you kidding me they pretty much acknowledge that he like yes i know this is my son's family like he knows well that's who my next question to. 
does he does his his father like is talks to him like he's a stranger i think i think like, he are, then realizes what's going on is this uh where am i i feel and like by confused. the time they're about to have the catch he realize he, okay. rea- he realizes who this is that would have been nice to develop that could have been a nice moment yes maybe a hug yeah i mean i i know. think he's starting to realize it and then when he calls him he slips and calls him dad that's and then he start like you could sign you could kind of see him cry a little bit he finally like okay i was right right this, this is actually my son this is my son and his family Oh, like he got it. Like, oh, that's why I'm here. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Could have been uh, executed better. Because that could have been a really nice moment. That whole scene. And that scene, really could have been a great payoff. That whole scene, film. as much as people love it, could have been a thousand times better. Yes. A thousand times better. Because you are right. This, this, it's, a good, it's an interesting story, and it could have been a, a very good film. Yes. This could have been an excellent you know, film. It really could sure. have. And uh, I, I, that's why it's a disappoint. I, I it's very disappointing. I think this movie because it starts off on the right foot. I thought him going through the cornfields with the voice coming and he gets confused and everyone thinks he's crazy. I'm like, oh, this is interesting. Yeah. And they drop all of that. Everything is dropped. Yeah. And then we go into the yeah the video game you know chase episodes. Like here's the next level. Yeah, oh. that's what it is. Yeah, it's like a video game. It's yeah. just like the next got my thing. next level. Next, next level. level. Next oh, we level. gotta build this thing. Now it's time to do this thing. It's just quests. Yeah, little quests. Little quests to make up the big quest. Yeah, and you don't even have to defeat bad guys along the way. No, no, and we find out what the movie is uh, when it's about to be over. It's <laughs> it's, it's it's very strange. <laughs> I mean, it's a strange thing to do. It's That's not all even I'm I, like I thought it was about Shoeless Joe at first. <laughs> it's not. No, as it's not about anybody. It's sort of about his dad. It's, I mean, it's about his dad at the end, right? And about and about him, and yeah. I guess everyone else has a little bit to do yeah, with their own, their own little, thing, their own little things. Yeah, sure. Which which is fine. Well, yeah, which is fine. But I feel like they, all their other little things, kind of I feel like should have added to his thing. Yes. See what I'm saying? And she was Joe t- in a way, yes, because his dad idolized him. And that's another. Before we end this fucking thing. The one of the last things I said to him that I regret is that you loved a criminal that you loved a criminal like Shoeless Joe Jackson, then we never really talked again. Yeah. That That was one of the last things you spoke to him. That that's the biggest regret thing. Yeah. You couldn't just call him up a year later and be like, That was actually really stupid of me. Right. Sorry for the stupid insult, Dad. I actually I love you, but like maybe we should talk. I guess that's part of his regret though. I, I, I yelled at him and never spoke to him again. What a dumb insult though. Yeah. With a, that, that's the insult that's of a child. That's the insult? It's the insult of a child. I guess the point is where, first off, we got to make it about That's baseball. what hurts him the most? Not like mom would be disappointed in you? I yeah. feel like that would be worse, but whatever. Well, I just took it as more of a, Holy shit. the last time I spoke to my father was a fight. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. About And I shit on Shoeless Joe of all people. Yeah. Like, what a weird... It, it just was weird. I don't know. That's me. Whatever. It was weird. I mean, it's weird. <laughs> stupid. Where's that the word? Stupid. It's stupid. It's fucking it's stupid. stupid. It's a stupid movie. It didn't need to be. No. And I don't really blame uh, the no. actors. I, 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 you know. Um. I mean, personally, I don't think uh, Kevin Costner would be good regardless. But yeah, I, just... I agree. We've been okay. Yeah. Um. And Amy. I mean, this. We don't need a fucking Daniel Day Lewis if... for this role. No. No. Do we knew? Do we need? Do you think Amy Madigan would have been better with a diff- different director and if the writing was better? 
I don't know. A little better, I guess. At she least sucks. you need a director. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> she was awful. You know she's married to Ed Harris. It's Ed Harris's wife. I didn't know Ed that. Ed Harris's wife, and she was nominated for, for an Oscar. Oscar, yeah. Best Supporting Actress in 1985. Wow, that must have been a bad year. What uh, what movie? I better uh, know Twice it. Twice in a Lifetime? Never fucking Never heard, heard of, of it. Mmm. Sure. Mmm. Okay. She's awful. She's the worst part of this film. Yeah. A hundred percent. It's not even you. close. Actually. Really bad. Really bad, actually. And that's she's I'm underselling. Totally unlikable. Yeah. Uh anything else you wanna discuss? I no, think, that's really I think it. that's really about it. You know, we don't have to go too much into the plot plot because we just it, it has to do with everything we just said. So it doesn't really matter. We don't have to go beat by beat with this fucking thing. Yeah, no. Um what would uh be your score? Uh Let's see. Uh, 29. Okay. Uh, 35. Okay. Yeah, this is a bad movie. And like yeah. like you said, and I 100% agree, this could have been an excellent movie. Yeah. This fun. It's cool ideas. Really could have been. Uh, you know. Uh, they, they should have put the A team on instead of uh, whatever this fucking team was. Wait, wait, let me talk about Phil Alden Robinson. What else? What other fucking movies did he do? <laughs> he did the, the Sum of All Fears. Yeah, not a good film. Okay. Uh, Sorry. Sne- That's the Ben Affleck movie? Yeah, with Morgan Freeman. Yeah. Sneakers? Don't know what that is. Uh, and That's really about it. Sneakers with Robert Redford. This movie he... definitely sucks. How, I don't care if I got it, how did he sucks, get into film? How the fuck did this guy get into film? I don't know, dude. A lot of them. Wow. Dean College, Bachelor. He directed. The... Yeah. He just jumped on the scene, bro. Did this guy just like read Shoeless Joe one day and said, I'm fucking making this movie no matter what? Yeah, maybe no one was interested. And he got the right person to look at it, I guess. He co-wrote. He, he wrote one other screenplay before getting Field of Dreams. In the mood. In the mood. No, he wrote and directed in the mood. Sorry. He wrote and directed it. It was a comedy. Patrick Dempsey. With Patrick Dempsey <laughs> in 1987. <laughs> Made no money. Bomb. No, bomb. Big bomb. I mean, he's only. <laughs> I mean, the guy's only directed one, two, three, four, five, six films. Yeah. I mean, with Danny Glover. Wow. Yeah, he's a hack. This yeah. is a hack. Yeah. This is a hack. Yeah. So, what, what, what do you expect? Like you said, he got the boomers to like it. The boomers it's love about baseball. dreams. Yeah. It's a, it's, a, it's a love song. It is a love letter to baseball. Yeah. Yep. I mean, James Rose literally gives a speech about how America was reinvented several times, but baseball always stayed the same. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> sure. <laughs> That's what stayed the same. That's what makes us Americans is baseball. <laughs> it sounds good. Boomer garbage. It sounds good when James Earl Jones delivers yeah, it. Yeah, though. you get a great actor to say it. Yeah. I mean, I love James Earl Jones. I can listen to him <laughs> read the phone book, but. It's true. Oh, boy. All right. So uh, we are the Flicky Podcast. 
uh, please like and subscribe to us. Uh, you can find us on Spotify. John is shaking his head at this. I just read in 2008, <laughs> after polling over 1,500 people in the creative community, <laughs> AFI listed the film as the sixth best in the fantasy genre. Okay, sure, sure. Okay. It's fucking people who. It's a weak genre, huh? It's also Are people who just can't get over their nostalgia. Like no. it's like Forrest Gump, nostalgia porn. Yeah, it really is. Forrest Gump's. Much, I mean, Forrest Wait, Gump that's worse, but is a well-made film. Oh no! I, I, well, I was. But also yeah, the, yes, I know. The what nostalgia you're porn is way worse. Yes, and Forrest, Forrest Gump. Gump. <laughs> like that's just validating their whole worldview. That right. movie. Yeah. This movie's just you know placating to their fucking adolescence. Um. Uh, which we're, so yeah, we are the Flicky Podcast. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, anything with a streamer. Uh, service please give us five stars um you can email us at flickypodcast at gmail.com give us uh you know if, if you think of a movie that we should do we'll pick it up and yes. do it um what would you like to do for the next episode john We'll see. Uh, so right now my idea is to do elvis the new elvis film maybe we'll we'll throw another new movie in there Okay. We'll see. Okay. So maybe we'll change it next week if me and you will talk about it, but I think Elvis will be the one we go with. All right. Elvi. Elvi. By uh, Baz Luhrmann. That great the director. Imitable. Um, I'm just going to say it right now. I hate I hate Baz Luhrmann. I uh, don't love his stuff either. I think he sucks. Yeah. Talk about style over substance. Oh yeah, that's his whole career. That's that's Baz Luhrmann, inimitable Baz Luhrmann. Yep. So, uh, anything? Any parting words, sir? Don't watch this movie. Don't watch this movie. So, I, I hope you listen to this without seeing it, so we spoil the whole thing. You don't want to see it anymore. I hope that's what happened. I hope you. I hope people who listen to this and then watch Fill the Dreams be like, you know what, this movie actually isn't that good. And um, you know, other than a handful of times. Uh, Kevin Costner is just a sucky actor. That's yeah. That's just. If you like Costner though, and you're a fan, watch Yellowstone. That's his wheelhouse. And watch a better baseball movie. Watch Bull Durham. Bull Durham. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> there you go. That's we'll do it. that one day. Maybe we'll, we'll do Bull Durham. For I would love to do because that's a good movie. But yeah, we'll talk about it. Okay. All right. Till next time. Bye.